welcome to the Amber Data Derivatives Podcast. I'm here with Cole Kennelly of Volmex. It's a DeFi volatility index protocol. Cole, how are you? Hey, Greg. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Super happy to connect again. So I'm wondering, we'll, we'll kind of take it a couple directions. First, I'd like to learn a little bit about your background and how you decided to start sort of your own protocol. And then we can maybe jump into the details of the only DeFi like volatility index that I know of. So it would be really cool to just kind of get uh, a quick intro of, of how people trade this protocol and some of the technical details. Absolutely. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for asking. So Cole from Bolmex here. Uh, got started in the crypto space in 2016, uh, personally. Uh, just you know, following the space. Uh, fast forward 2017, started getting involved a little bit professionally. Uh, found a few projects to start helping out in a biz dev growth capacity. Uh, fast forward to 2018, I discovered Uniswap and MakerDAO and got really interested in DeFi, started doing a lot of research, writing. Um, fast forward a little bit more, I joined uh, Staked US, Staked, which went on to be acquired by Kraken. Um, they were an early uh, and leading staking provider that was kind of supporting the most chains and uh, in the early days and it was a you know, really great place to kind of uh, cut my teeth and kind of help blitz scale their business. And um, yeah, had, you know, really, you know, led a bunch of go-to-markets for them, um, helped them grow ahead uh, of the Crackman acquisition. I've been trading derivatives in my personal account, crypto options, crypto futures, a little bit of perps. I'd also been following the electronic options uh, market structure because mm. my dad has spent about 25 years working at a few different um, options exchanges. And so early on, I really wanted to use a crypto VIX index and uh, use it as an indicator and, and for trading. And that's really how we got started at Volmex. You know, had been trading in my personal account, a DeFi native, and and you know, that's that's kind of the origin. Yeah, that's fascinating. The second question. Yeah. So you you mentioned that your dad worked at a few options exchanges, so you had sort of like an inside view into microstructure. So how is how important is sort of exchange microstructure to something like a like a volatility index? Great question. So it's it's very relevant where you know. You know, definitely, you know, sort of like quotes on the exchange you know, is obviously, you know, a fun the volatility index obviously a function of the quotes on any particular exchange, which is you know market microstructure. So, um, you know, exchange data, market data is definitely you know a requirement here. And so, uh, we work closely with a few different exchanges, data like Deribit, OKX, in the process of integrating Bybit. And so, um, you know, this is how we think about kind of the market microstructure a little bit. Great question, Greg. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so your index, is it similar to the VIX? Is it the same type of method methodology or is it, is it slightly different? Yeah, great question. So our methodology for the EVIV and the BVIV index, which we collectively call the Volmex Implied Volatility Indices, is quite similar to the VIX index with a few novel and differentiators. So we use a, a variance swap uh, replication calculation, which is similar to how the VIX is calculated. We also introduced this global order book, which consolidates multiple data sources, as well as this exponentially weighted smoothing mechanism that denoises our index and effectively removes noise and makes sure that it still tracks the market in real time. So quite similar to VIX with a few novel differentiations. We have a methodology paper, uh, which is online and, you know, would love for everyone to check out. Yeah, that's fascinating. And now you mentioned that it incorporates uh, Darebit as well as OKEX and you guys are adding bit to it. So it's pretty cool to have sort of a diversified uh, exchange uh, input because that way 
you know, if, if there's any sort of deviation from one exchange to the next or one exchange goes down, there's a lot of like robustness to your index. So how do people actually, you know, use Volmex to trade these indexes? Great question. So we have the index, the BVIV and the EVIV index, which are the reference indices. These are calculated off chain and then get, you know, uh, inputted into Polygon and soon other blockchains via oracles. And so the way that our protocol works is that there's two buckets of users. There's traders and liquidity providers. Uh, liquidity providers come to the platform. They deposit stable coins like USDC and DAI, mint two tokens called EVIV and IEVIV or BVIV and IBVIV. And then can then deposit those tokens into the Volmex AMM contract and serve as a counterparty for traders who then can come to the decks and do swaps with either stable coins and the volatility tokens or volatility token for volatility token, say a long token for a short token. And so simply the UX is that traders can come there, do swaps. You know, it's an AMM based product. So, you know, there's going to be some slippage and, and liquidity is a function of how much, you know, is in the pool, things like that. But it creates a really great user experience for retail traders and then, you know, passive LP experience on the liquidity provider side. And, you know, um, you know, we're, there's definitely trade-offs with these sort of products, but we think that, you know, uh, it's a really excellent product for, you know, the retail user. And we think that, um, yeah, like we have other products kind of in our suite of Volmex products, which, you know, kind of serve different value props. So that's how we think about the volatility token V2. Uh, people can learn more about that at, at the docs.volmex finance and recently launched this new version about, uh, two and a half weeks ago, and it's still ramping up. Um, and, you know, uh, glad to answer any of their questions there. Excellent question. So one of the things about volatility indexes is that, you know, typically if you're trading VIX futures or something like that, it's a pretty leveraged product. Now, in reality, you know, what's the, what's the top value that a volatility index can take? So, like, can we really see it at 1,000? Not really. So right. when people are depositing money into the AMM as liquidity providers, is there sort of like a an effective maximum value that the index can take? So therefore, uh, liquid liquidity providers are essentially fully funded. Or is, how do you think about that? Yeah. So the way that we think about it's an excellent question. The way that we think about this is that volatility. Uh, you know, there's any sort of you know synthetic asset on Ethereum or or any sort of you know generally like there needs to be you know collateral there, and so. In the case of the volatility tokens, there's 400 units of USDC or DAI. And so uh, volatility token you know, LPs effectively will not quote if it gets outside of that sort of bound. So there's sort of a, it's a capped product. There's mm-hmm. there's no leverage and no liquidation. And so we've made clear in our docs that, you know, if the vol was to trade outside of this, you know, sort of bound that it wouldn't be able to facilitate trades. Um, we've actually, uh, you know, set that cap in a way where, we think that it's you know quite conservative and and wouldn't really be achieved, right? So, Greg, as you know, like in you know March of 2020, there was you know the big blow up with like you know Der- uh you know uh, you know MakerDAO not blow up the MakerDAO had issues and like mm-hmm. Black Thursday and things like that and falls on Deribit you know spiked to 400, 300, and so I think you know this can kind of be viewed as sort of an edge case and, and not quite 300 or 400, but you know definitely there's sort of an not a literal upper bound, but, you know, from historical data, we can kind of infer that. So excellent question. Um, and yeah, we, we think about it in a similar way to, uh, as kind of you described. Yeah, that's fascinating. So as an LP, so when, you know, typically people are trading VIX futures. Typically, there's two kind of structures. There's either contango or backwardation. So 
in fixed futures, we have the fixed futures that will settle to the cash fix. Now, if I'm an LP in Volmex, where is there the same sort of settlement mechanism with these tokens? How, how does that work? Is there typically a premium in the token versus the index in a contango market or a discount in the backwardated market? Excellent. Another excellent question. So the Volmex, the unique feature of the Volmex AMM is it allows traders uses oracles to allow traders to do swaps at the current index price. So it's different from a normal, you know, normal AMM like, you know, uh, Uniswap V2 or, or even like things like Uniswap V3 or, or Sushi Swap, what have you, where those are solely, uh, you know, um, predicated on supply and demand. We use this sort of external oracle price to price the volatility tokens on our exchange so that they trade at the current oracle index, you know, reference index level. So. It's kind of a nuanced uh, AMM product where, you know, it allows for swaps to be done at this this reference price. It's kind of a unique feature there. So it's uh, a little bit different from sort of a, a dated futures or, you know, as you described or or sort of and the other you know sort of side of things like a, you know, an AMM product, but um, a normal AMM. But uh, it, we think it's a very novel and, and innovative product that creates a great UX for, you know, retail traders and even some prosumer traders, and and so. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably how we think about that. Great question, Greg. Cool. That's that's really interesting. So you're essentially the index- and to answer other question, there's no expiration with these tokens. They're trading on this AMM. They don't expire, and sort of the AMM handles the the pricing, and there's no sort of expiration to close the loop there. Yeah, got it. So the index itself is quote unquote the cash market or the cash fix, and then the token will sort of track that value directly. And so I can buy the token if I think it's going to go up, or vol is going to go up. I can sell the token if I think it's going to go down. Is that right? Exactly. We view the the EVIV and the BVIV token. It's kind of analogous to like a VXX type product. It's you know a spot product. Um, and then down the line, we can build other sort of flavors of derivatives which stem from this index. But we very much think about it like that as well, where it's kind of a one to one relationship. It's not you know a future. It's not an option. It's sort of like mapped like in that way. Fantastic. And how much uh, liquidity is locked up right now? What kind of volumes are you guys seeing? And and like the FTX fiasco, I mean that's that's a that's a vol event, so to speak. Uh, did you guys see part, an uptick in participation? How did how did that kind of play out? Yeah, uh, great question. So between our our V1 volatility token and the V2, and the migration is about to wrap up in the next couple of days. There's roughly around a million dollars of liquidity in the in the protocols right now. Um, so it's early days. We're you know really excited about all the traction and, and progress, but um. Relatively speaking, it's you know quite early. Um, we you know uh, in terms of trading volume since the launch of the V1, we've seen about twenty million of total trading volume and issuance over the last year, year, year and a couple of months. Um, this is you know starting to ramp up more with the you know improved architecture on the V2, which launched about two and a half weeks ago, and and so all of this has been organic growth, right? So we've just you know launched some you know awesome products and seen some. Uh, some you know organic you know traction from retail users, some prosumer users, some institutional users, but um, it's early days and really excited about uh, the progress so far. Um, in terms of the FTX fiasco, um, so you know liquidity on our AMM based products is a little bit constrained by, or you know trading volume is a little bit constrained by liquidity. Mm-hmm. We definitely have seen some you know steady volume and you know continue to see you know u- unique users and you know re- you know continuing users to come back. Um, but yeah, we saw that, you know, there was a big spike in our index and then, you know, the reference index where, you know, a lot of users were coming to our website to, 
check the reference index, you know, understand how implied vol is faring, you know, in this fiasco. And then, you know, some uh, retail users can come over to our exchanges and, you know, do swaps and with the limited liquidity there that's still ramping up. So we saw some, you know, continued and, and increased interest and it was a really exciting, you know, uh, you know, time for our products. And, you know, broadly, we think that, you know, this FTX, you know, fiasco is broadly very bullish for DeFi derivatives in the mm -hmm. long term and any sort of other, you know, uh, and the, you know, sort of TradFi side, any sort of, you know, legitimate TradFi or CFI player. And so we definitely expect there to be long-term, you know, structural flows to DeFi, but it's definitely, um, you know, pretty, you know, for the whole industry, it's sort of a black eye and, you know, we'll, uh, it'll be a slow comeback for, you know, it's not a slow comeback, but it will just be a, um, it will take some time to, you know, for DeFi to complete that transformation and market structure. So, uh, you know, seen a little bit of early, you know, signs of that, but in the, over the long term, right, we expect there to be major inflection point where this FTX fiasco is going to drive a lot of, you know, flows to DeFi, and we're quite excited about that. So it's a really excellent question. Cool. And I have another sort of technical question here. So I'm a taker. I want to get long the Volmax index. So I'm I basically buy from the AMM. The AMM will sell to me at wherever the index is priced. And, and then is there like a fee on top of that, that liquidity providers earn? Yes, exactly. So there's, it's, it's dynamic fee. It's, there's some parameters which, uh, you know, determine that it's liquidity reserves, things like that. But there's a, a fee between generally two and four basis points. And then there can be sort of other, you know, like a slippage that an LP can, can earn as well. So um yeah so these there's fees that the lps earn and it's it's dynamic it, we have it in the, the docs section in our docs but um it's definitely important fee important uh you know feature here where you know lps are not um you know effective altruists or altruists or something they need to earn a fee and and sort of you know whether that be trading fees or, or funding there's not a funding in this product but um yeah it's definitely important uh you know for to understand what the traders or lps are uh, are earning from traders so Great question, Greg. And then if I buy the uh, the Volmex token to get long the index, now when I'm ready to close my position, I close it against the AMM. It's not one of those uh, DeFi protocols that also has a secondary market. Is that correct? Right. The AMM is the primary you know DeFi venue for these tokens to trade. Um, and so, yeah, if a trader wants to close their position, they can go back to the AMM, you know, assuming there's ample liquidity there and they can sell into the AMM. So... Okay. That's the idea there. There's obviously, you know, constraints for larger players, and that's where some of our other products and our, our suite of Volmex products come in. But we think this is an awesome product for, you know, a retail trader who wants to buy, you know, $1,000 of EVIV tokens or $500 and, you know, keep them in their wallet and then, you know, easily close their position with, you know, this, this sort of AMM counterparty when, when they're ready. So uh, it's a great product, but it's um, AMMs have trade-offs, right? So it's an excellent question. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you mentioned a lot about sort of uh, a next version, but before kind of jumping to that, what is uh, the reason for building on Polygon as opposed to ETH Layer 1? And did you guys kind of think a lot about different options or was it always kind of Polygon seemed like the obvious? Yeah, great question. So our code bases are all built in Solidity. Um, so we are very committed to the EVM and Ethereum ecosystem. This is kind of what we've known, you know, since we've been involved in the space. Um, so our V1 is live on, which soon be fully migrated over to the V2, but currently there's contracts that exist on Polygon, 
Arbitrum and Mainnet. And so uh, very bullish on you know, all you know the EVM kind of you know layer twos and and sort of scaling solutions. But the reason that we've de- decided to deploy to Polygon first is because Polygon. Um, so we have a, an oracle that sort of runs and pub- publishes these updates to the chain. Um, basically, Polygon has you know the lowest fee across all these scaling solutions and layer twos. So we decided to just prioritize you know deploying there first, as it was a sort of cheapest, and then we've sort of optimized for you know reducing the the uh, sort of the cost of the Oracle updates. And so we think that layer twos are, are very important for DeFi derivatives, right? Like nobody wants to go to mainnet and do a perp or an options trade and pay ten dollars, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to do that. New users don't want to do that. Pros don't want to do that. So we think that it's imperative that, you know, DeFi derivatives have a close to zero fee. And this is now possible with things like Polygon, things like Arbitrum. So we'll be continuing to expand to different Ethereum, you know, scaling solutions. And we're definitely curious to figure out, you know, how to solve this sort of liquidity fragmentation problem. There's some good projects like, like Layer Zero and maybe others that are looking into this. We haven't sort of, uh, you know, move forward with any of those yet, but um, we definitely think that uh, yeah, it's it's quite interesting. Um, you know, the layer two space, how it's unfolding, and are you know committed to deploying to you know kind of the best and greatest you know Ethereum layer twos, and our code base is compatible with that. So, uh, you know, it's it's interesting what's going on with all of the alt layer ones, but we think that you know Polygon, Arbitrum have been pretty steady, and we'll be continuing to you know kind of be involved in these ecosystems. So, um, yeah, great question. And then sort of as a founder, I guess the V1 um, probably had a smaller team working on it. And then I imagine you guys raced around and did you guys hire and kind of scale the team in order to sort of keep building a version two and so on and so forth? Yeah. So we have some awesome partners. We've partnered up with a bunch of great shops, um, you know, across like trading shops and, and some different exchanges and other corporate partners. Um, so we're venture backed. We have some some awesome partners. The team is now um, eight. We've recently hired a few uh, new, made a few new hires. So uh, we're a very technical team. Uh, KG, my head, of, our head of research, uh, leads the uh, quant department, the research department, a lot of the methodology. Um, you know, we have a really awesome tech team uh, led by Nick Ayush on the full stack and smart contract side, and growing team of you know researchers and you know quant you know developers and things you know of these line of nature. So. Really awesome team. Um, you know, team comes from different companies, including Staked, IMC Trading, Consensus. Uh, and we have, you know, several folks who have a strong background in academia and have done some really impressive work on that front. So awesome team, some great partners. And uh, yeah, really excited about, you know, kind of where we're headed. We, this is a great, you know, uh, yeah, just really excited about the recent hires we've made recently with, you know, um, uh, some of the folks we brought on. Great yeah, question. Yeah, totally. And so one of the questions I get a lot is, you know, do you think crypto options is going to keep growing? The market's consolidating now. Prices are low. Crypto is dead. Why, you know, what's your outlook on the future of crypto options and, and derivatives products like this? Yeah, great question, Greg. Um, so it's it's very early days, um, though there's extremely, you know, promising, um, you know, sort of developments in the industry, right? Like before this whole FTX kerfuffle, and like, you know, FTX, uh, open interest on, on Deribit and was, you know, I think, you know, it was, close, it was hitting, you know, 10 billion at some point, you know, a few months prior. So, um, yeah, it's still, you know, in the, you know, mid digit, you know, bill, single digit billions. Um, 
I think that, yeah, there's going to be an increased, you know, focus on, on risk management, options products, fall products, and this will continue to grow organically. And then as more sort of, uh, you know, Tradify shops, you know, crypto native, you know, investors and traders that increase focus on risk management, more, you know, prosumer and retail users. So I think that, you know, crypto options are, are obviously going to grow tremendously. It's a small fraction of sort of the, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, how the, the spot and the options market map and the equities market. So um, definitely going to continue to grow. I, I'm interested to see more DeFi options come online, right? Market structure is pretty interesting right now where, you know, Deribit is the big player in the CeFi space. There's OKX, there's Bybit. Um, then, you know, in DeFi, there's there's not really an analogous, you know, DeFi Deribit. There's not really a, uh, a DeFi Binance. So I think that DeFi derivatives generally are, are poised for massive growth and options and, and vault products are obviously important subsector of, of that space and, and think that it's going to grow a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, the last point I think is that FTX, you know, is that, you know, kind of hitting on that earlier is definitely, you know, putting an increased focus on, you know, transparency, um, you know, smart contracts, immutability. And so uh, I think long term, I'm, I'm definitely optimistic that we see more flows going to DeFi options and, you know, more, you know, better and better tech comes online to kind of, you know, make these things more feasible, reducing, you know, uh, you know, block times or, or things like that. So, um, yeah, really excited about where the space goes. It's definitely early days and the market structure is, is, is very interesting right now with kind of a, you know, Deribit being the big player and then, you know, a lot of smaller players. And, and so definitely looking for, um, you know, to see what trends kind of unfold over the next couple of years. It's going to be really, really interesting and excited to be building in the space. I'm sure uh, you are as well. Excited to, you know, work with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of think these types of environments are actually pretty good environments because you get to really like reallocate talent to companies that are maybe, you know, more solid and not as risk-taking or as frauds. So I think that this is kind of a really good constructive environment. It's sort of like burning the brush in a forest fire. Although, you know, price drops are not fun if you're holding bags, but I mean, that's part of the game. So exactly. It's a good, good market for talent hiring. Also, uh, people are more accessible, right? You can mm -hmm. get in touch with decision makers easier than you can, you know, in a bull market when everything's straight up. So it's, there's good sides and, you know, there's trade-offs to this this bear market. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So if someone wants to learn more about Volmex, what are the best places to start? Do you guys have uh, a Twitter as well as a website? Where does people, where do people get started? Yeah, thanks, Greg. So our website is volmex.finance, V-O-L-M-E-X.finance. Uh, we're also Volmex, uh, Volmex Finance on Twitter. Um, we also have a Discord, which is in our Twitter link, uh, Twitter bio, and and um, we have docs, which are available, which uh, teach more about you know uh, how our products works uh, at docs.volmexfinance. So um, yeah, I think those are the relevant resources. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Tweets, but you know, first and foremost, Volmex stuff is a uh, is priority. Perfect. And then we'll copy that in the show notes for everyone. Uh, lastly, before we close up here, what do you like to do outside of work when you're not running Volmex? Uh, hard question, Greg. Um, crypto is, is very, it, you know, crypto Twitter. No, um, <laughs> nice. uh, <laughs> uh, you know, go for a walk, work out. This is a super boring answer. Uh, read, you know, I totally I should, I should have had a better canned answer. No, no, no. I totally get what, it. What's your answer here? <laughs> Not, it's pretty similar to yours. My life is boring. Founder's life is definitely 
just work all the time and get a workout. Just try to find interesting uh, options, uh, you know, trends, uh, sort of like products. I mean, like, you know, uh, new DeFi mechanisms, you know, following up with these different Telegram chats with different founders and, you know, stay on top of other things in crypto. It's uh, never stops. But um, anyways, yeah, it, you know, yeah, I think it's important to have some sort of balance, right? You need to, you need to get outside. What are they? Touch, touch grass, as they say. Is that Do Kwan? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, anyways, um, yeah, no, it's uh, actually I, I actually I don't really have the full context on that uh, that phrase, so I don't know if I'm misstating anything. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, no, uh, it's definitely busy, but um, great times. Um, it's a pleasure coming on the podcast. Uh, really fun. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Cole, and to everyone who tuned in. Thank thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Greg. See you.